A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, and I am here, as always, with Matt Wyke. What's going on, Matt? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Same old, same old. Work, 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 work. Got the show. Probably do some work after. But, uh, man, what a weekend. Yep, what a weekend. It was, uh, it was a pretty good show. We talked last week about how we were we were speculating whether or not this Olympia would be one of those Olympias where it sticks in our minds for decades. And it's one of, one of those marquee Olympias like 98, 08 and, um, those sort of Olympias 75. But I I have to say it definitely was not that sort of Olympia. Uh, I mean, Kevin's comeback will always, will always be in the back of everyone's mind throughout yeah. throughout bodybuilding history from here on that comeback and that press conference will it will always be there and it will always be talked about but the olympia itself i think was very very predictable and i actually think i got the top 4 perfectly correct i don't know if it was on this show or on international iron but i'm pretty sure i said phil Although I said he would be his best ever, which he wasn't. Close, but he wasn't. He'll never be his best ever again. Uh, and I think I know I said Sean will be second. And I'm pretty sure I said Dexter third, Rami fourth. I'm almost positive that's how I had it. So, I mean, it wasn't exactly a, uh, as I said in my article, a, the blockbuster event we thought it would be. But it was good. There were storylines that were kind of cool. Um, like Like Kevin. This Ahmad guy coming up in the 212, crazy. Um, William Bonac coming out and just being a complete freak where nobody really thought he would be at that level. But um, what what stuck out in your mind over the weekend in a whole? Like what, what things were most memorable for you? Well, for starters, Friday night. Um, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed prejudging. Um, I mean, obviously the, the press conference was, was amazing. Uh, you know, Kevin being the first one to kind of strip off the, the coat and, and that was cool. And to see Cedric come out and then, you know, Lenardowitz came out and I mean, it was, it was very entertaining. You had, you know, a couple people that kind of kept to themselves, didn't really say much, um, Friday night prejudging. It was, it was interesting to see how people, either went from looking great and prejudging to looking not so great at the night show or not looking spectacular in prejudging but really, you know, nailing it 
for for Saturday's night show. But I mean, Phil looked great. I mean, just looking at him at prejudging, I was kind of like, yeah, uh, he he's got it. Um, and then there were you know a couple of disappointments with with physiques. Obviously, in in prejudging when Bonac came out, I was like, oh wow, like he could legit the way that he's looking right now go toe to toe with Phil. And you know, did did he get the placing that he really deserved in the end? Mm, maybe just based off of of Saturday's showing. But I mean, overall, I mean, it's like you said, I, there was so much buildup going into the show that I guess I expected more, and and I was kind of let down. Kevin's comeback was great, um, and and you know his physique and and the way that he he looked. Or or didn't look to us to uh, um, uh, you know it, it's tough. The dude's fifty two to begin with, and and then after the Olympia, we come to find out that that he has injuries, you know, a pec tear, and you know knee problems. Whether it was you know knee itself or quad, uh, I, I didn't get the full details of that. But, I mean, he said something like he could only squat like eight weeks out from the Olympia. Yeah. So that might be the reason why his legs were a little lagging. But, I mean, I thought his physique was great. Um, his upper body could could definitely go toe-to-toe with uh, most of the guys that are on stage. You know, he had some lagging body parts, you know, particularly the legs. Um, you know, chest was a little bit flat, but that's probably due to, um, you know, the, the injury that he had. He, he probably just couldn't build it up enough. Uh, so close to the show, but I mean, overall, it wasn't a bad Olympia. I wouldn't throw it in, you know, my top five like uh, like what everybody was, you know, hoping it was going to be. But it, overall, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I would agree with most of that. I I th- kind of think the Kevin posting the video about his knee and pack was kind of like I don't know how I feel about that. It was motivating, but at the same time, it. It kind of felt like a cop out to me as if he was saying like this is why I wasn't my best but it's like at 52 years old you have bad knees. You know what I mean? Like there's no Kevin used to run. He he was he was a bodybuilder like he's 52. I mean, of course you have bad knees. Like what do you mean? That's that's we know. Yeah. You know, you can't say that like it's not really fair to say well, he had a knee problem. That's why his legs were down. It's like, well, he only had a knee problem because every fucking 52-year-old has a knee problem. So really, his legs were down because he's 52. Like, you can't you can't just say, like, if he had loose skin because he's old, he, you can't say, well, the only reason he didn't do good is because he had loose. It's like, well, you're really just saying it's because he's 52. You know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? It's, it's all the same reason. It's all because he's 52. I mean, you're doing 405 on incline. And you and you tore your pack a little bit at fi- like, oh, oh, like that happens to the regular competitors. Of course, it's going to happen to you at fifty-two years old. I don't think. I put it this way: whatever knee problem he had, if if you completely get rid of that and get rid of the pack tear, I don't think he looks one iota different. I think he looks exactly the same. I don't think those little setbacks have really anything to do with how he looks. Um, that said, I don't think his legs look that bad. If you were to have seen his legs in the gym pumped with his upper body covered up, 
not standing next to fucking Phil Heath. I think, I mean, he had, they were ripped. They had decent separation. You could see the, you know, like the all four quad muscles and stuff. I didn't think they were like pathetic. Um, I mean, look at him next to, uh, what's his name? Brandon Curry. His legs are as equally big as Brandon Curry. Uh, they're, uh, they were a little more up and down, a little less sweep than Brandon Curry. Right. But I mean, Brandon Curry's like 28 year old Olympia caliber bodybuilder who probably squats every week or maybe he doesn't, but he's been training legs, you know, nonstop. So I don't think, I think people are, are, have been, well, I think they've been overcritical of the whole comeback on a whole. I just think that he looked unbelievable. I mean, go back and look at how Samir Banu looked when he came back at 52 for the Masters and compare it to what Kevin looked like. I mean, it's it's not even – Kevin could have – Kevin was good enough to fucking – he would have won nationals looking like that. You know, at 52 years old, he was that good. He was He was potentially better than a few guys on the Olympia stage at 52 years old. I don't know how anyone could be disappointed with that. Like, I would be disappointed if he had, you know, bitch tits and truly tiny legs and he totally didn't belong up there. But if nobody, like, let's say this. Let's say you and I had some sort of fucked up amnesia and we knew bodybuilding, but we didn't know any bodybuilders. Let's say we got in an accident and the part of our brain that makes us remember specific bodybuilders got eliminated. So we don't know any of their names. We don't know any of their histories. We know nothing about them. But we still know the sport. I don't think if we saw that show, we would say, what the fuck is that guy doing here to Kevin? We would just think, oh, his legs are down. He looks like an older guy. He's past his prime. But we wouldn't say, how did he get on this stage or... You know what I'm saying? Like he, he belonged up there at 52 years old, not just because he was Kevin Lavrone, but because his upper body was like middle of the pack. His his legs may have been the worst on stage, but that's arguable. So that puts him like, you know, down in like the 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 80 percentile or whatever, but he, he wasn't even the worst guy on stage. So to say that Kevin comes back at 52 years old, 13 years away from the stage, training for six months, squatting for eight weeks, and is not the worst guy on the biggest bodybuilding stage in the universe is like a, it's like a miracle, unbelievable that he was able to do that. And people are like, nobody, like, first of all, you have Dave Palumbo and these guys saying they think Kevin's going to win. Let me let me enlighten all of you about something. They did not think Kevin was going to win. If you if you asked Dave Palumbo to bet 15 bucks on him winning, he wouldn't have done it. Because he knew 100% that he wasn't going to win. Nobody who knew bodybuilding but truly believed. You can say all you you can make all the predictions you want. You can say whatever you want, blah blah blah. What you say is different than what you truly believe. And no, none of those guys believed he would win. None of them would have put 20 fucking dollars on that shit because they know they're just throwing their money away. Nobody thought he was going to win. And now I see people coming out like fans saying shit like, oh, so much for Phil getting toppled out, getting beat by Kevin and what, what a bust and all this shit. It's like, dude, it was, it was, that was like publicity shit. 
you're a, you're a fucking moron if you think if you were under the impression that he might like be vying for the title you you were completely delusional that's that's no different than saying you know what it's worse it's that's more delusional than saying way more delusional than saying you know what i think brandon curry is going to push phil heath this year if anyone had said brandon curry is going to push phil heath this year everyone in the industry would have said dude you are on crack no you're, you are on crack <laughs> but people are saying it about kevin and people are like oh yeah maybe and it's like dude no way no way he i don't think the best kevin ever would have beat the phil we saw it would have been a good show. He may have beat Phil, but it would have been close. The best Kevin ever when he was 34, you know? So, like, don't tr- don't try to act like you believed that Kevin was going to win the 2016 Mr. Olympia and beat Rami and Dexter and Sean and all these guys. Like, come on now. Nobody believed – no one really believed that. And I heard uh, – who did I hear say it? Um, it was either Bob Chick or – Chad Nichols, I think it was Bob, he said on PBW, which I give a quick shout out to PBW, PBW was awesome back in the day, and then it kind of got shitty when Lee Thompson was on there, and that was it was nonsense basically, and then Digital Muscle started, and it was Ben and Chad, and it was meh at best, but now I've been going back and listening to the newer ones on, um, on Digital Muscle, where Matt has articles by the way, uh, and they're actually pretty good. The new PBWs are are pretty legit. They had uh, one show with Chris Aceto on. It was Chris and Chad. Terrible quality, but great show. Um, and they had one that was Bob, Chad. And Chad has become very good on the radio. He used to kind of suck, but now he's like, I would put Chad up there, and he's very, very good, and he's very insightful. But one of, anyways, one of them, I think it was Bob, said... Let's not ruin the comeback by expecting him to be, by putting unrealistic expectations on him and then being let down. Let's just enjoy what he's doing and how much progress he's making and how, how, um, just how epic of an undertaking this is. And let's not ruin it by thinking he's going to be top two. And then being let down. And he said that two weeks out. And he was 100% right. Pretty sure it was Bob. He, he, he nailed it. And I think this... People like Dave and John Romano. Big shout out to Dave Palumbo too. Dave Palumbo was... RX was great at the Olympia. Some of the... MD had good coverage too, I gotta admit. But uh, both those guys had great coverage in Olympia. MD and RX Muscle. But... With that said, I don't know that those types of predictions from those types of minds in the industry were not a bad thing for Kevin in hindsight. You have all these fans watching Dave Plumbo and John Romano, two of the highest ranked minds in all of bodybuilding, saying that they believe he's going to win. You get people starting to drink the Kool-Aid and thinking, well, if these guys think it and Dave has pictures of them, you know, I don't think... I think it was maybe slightly irresponsible of the, not irresponsible, but slightly like it kind of um backfired that they made those predictions because it made his amazing, amazing performance quote disappointing because of those crazy predictions. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, I think it. I think the true explic, uh, you know, reason why Dave actually was saying that, and he came clean at the Olympia when he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I work with Kevin. You know, I never saw his legs, but you know, I helped him with his prep and this and that." And so, I mean, of of course, he's gonna be backing him and. Anyone who who works with Dave, they're gonna you know have them jump on the the bandwagon as well, just to create this story. But you know it it, it did backfire, and you know it makes you wonder going forward: is anyone gonna believe what Dave says in, with you know different predictions? Is he gonna be biased? Is he working with somebody who you know he's not being upfront that he's working with or or helping prep? Um, I mean, obviously he blew up Akeem to to be this great bodybuilder, and you know he didn't look that great at the Olympia, but he didn't say shit about Akeem, not nothing, nothing. I mean, I I don't know how you go from you know blowing Akeem up to being this this great bodybuilder, and and you know oh well he should have won this show, or how do you go from winning this show to you know ninth or whatever in in that show? It's you know. You heard crickets about him. You know, it was all about Kevin. So, I, I don't know. I guess I'm a little jaded uh, about what took place with that. But, I mean, like you said, their coverage was great. They interviewed a whole bunch of people. They did some live stuff. So, props to them because a lot of people weren't doing it. And, quite frankly, the the production, you know, that Amazon put on, I thought was absolutely terrible. I mean, how, how do you go from, um, you know, doing comparisons – and you do like this wonky side angle where you can't even see the competitors like side by side to do any comparisons. Like, yeah, you know, I'm so glad that they're actually going to have a real production company come in and take care of it next year. And it's going to be live on television. But, uh, you know, I just hope that they get their shit together and it's not the same type of production that it was this year. Yeah, it, re- it really is just completely fucking ridiculous. I mean... For some reason, bodybuilding fans, they give all this, like, complete nonsense, like those stupid side angles. All that stupid shit and the fact that we talked about how there's no um, transparency at all and how we just don't even know how people place and why. uh, That's like, like, I can't understand how Nathan DeAsha wasn't in the top ten. And I've been following bodybuilding intently for fucking 11 years. No idea why. I can't explain it to anybody. I couldn't even tell you. Like, stuff like that in any other sport would not be okay. But in bodybuilding, like, it all gets a pass. Those camera angles in, in at the Mr. Olympia is the equivalent to, like... You know what it's like? I'll tell you exactly what it's like. It's like... NBA Finals, Steph Curry and LeBron James, and keeping as as fucking LeBron or Steph pulls up for a three, the camera stays on them and doesn't show the hoop. And you just hear the rebound in the crowd. You don't see if it goes in or not. Shit like that. You know what I mean? Or like or like in the in the Super Bowl, the camera showing the offensive and defensive line while the running back runs around and, and scores a touchdown and the camera just stays on the offensive line and talks about how heavy the linemen are. <laughs> and like you're missing like that would never it's like so it's so so pathetic when you have Dennis James up there 
being like, oh, well, uh, I can't really tell because this is kind of a weird angle and I can only see one guy. It's like, who? nobody who's watching that likes those camera angles. Why are those camera angles like that? Who, who, who said that was okay? Obviously, whoever made those camera angles has no fucking idea of the first thing about bodybuilding. Nobody watching that is like, oh, these are cool camera angles. Everyone's like, fucking A, move the camera, move the camera. Why would you make the camera so it's like you bring up a good point. Like there's stuff like that in bodybuilding. I just don't understand how that that's not even talked about. I haven't heard one single person besides you and me bring this up. Why the hell aren't the cameras fucking halfway decent at the Mr. Olympia? And why the fuck? Like, why is Amazon streaming it? That's the whole reason. Well, bodybuilding.com was horrendous too, but bodybuilding.com, despite the name, was not like in the. It was not hardcore bodybuilding. You know, there was people. Most of the people that ran the show probably had no real, you know, intimate knowledge of the sport of professional bodybuilding. And obviously, at Amazon, they don't like muscular development should be streaming it or better yet rx muscle should be streaming it people who there would be that shit would never happen if dave plumbo was in charge of the stream there might be bullshit there might be like way too many species nutrition plugs and shit and biases towards ripped glutes and whatever they have and biases towards chris's guys whatever but who gives a shit that's in every sport you know, if fucking John Madden's doing the Super Bowl commentary and he, he coached, I don't know anything about football. Let's say John Madden coached the fucking Giants for 50 years and he and he's from New York. Fuck, and he's watching the Giants. and the, so He's going to be biased, but who cares? He's still going to do a great job. Like, at least put people in place that know bodybuilding and are going to do a great job. And you got Sean Perrine on there just being a complete buffoon. Making yeah. it hard to listen to. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm I a huge bodybuilding fan. And I almost had to turn the volume down at times just so I could stop listening to Sean Perrine, like, play stupid. Like, Sean I actually, I actually did that. When they were going through, like, all the women's stuff, especially fitness, Amanda Latona was so fucking annoying. Every It's like every other competitor, she'd be like... Woo! Woo! I thought my damn speakers were going to blow up with their stupid woos. I'm like, <laughs> yeah! Get it, girl! I'm like, will you shut the fuck up and just talk about the competitors? Yeah. Like, we don't need a fucking cheerleader. The cheerleaders are sitting in their fucking seats watching the show. Just do the commentary. Yeah. Like, literally, my even my wife was like, she's annoying. I'm like, yeah, no shit. But it's like, we have so many good people in this industry. That could do commentary. We have so many good production companies already in this industry. Why do you have to go to Amazon? I get it. It's a fucking money thing. It's a business. I understand that. But you know what? When you have people who are watching it that are actual fans, they don't give a shit about Amazon. They want to see good production, good quality not stupid side shots when you're trying to do comparisons. It, it was I, I hated every minute of it. And, I mean, granted, I really didn't have any issues with the live stream. I thought I was going to have connection issues or they were going to have 
weird issues or whatever. So that pretty much went off, you know, without a hitch. But uh, literally when when The Rock came out and he was like, yeah, you know, next year's going to be broadcasted by whatever the production company was. I didn't I hear was that because like, I, I had to turn him off. I couldn't listen to him. I'm like, I don't know if it was – I don't know what it was, but whatever he began saying, like – he just started spewing like I, I had a, I turned him off the whole time. His speech uh, was terrible. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't know. I can't tell you specifically what bothered me about it, but I remember turning it off and being like, "I'm gonna go watch a YouTube video or something of uh, you know on Sam Fitness." I, I can't. Uh, I can't listen to this. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty bad. Um, the only good part about it was when he mentioned that it's going to be live on television, uh, supposedly with a good production company. Uh, I, I haven't heard of them, or, or at least I'm not in that industry, so they could be really good. But, uh, I mean, even when they gave him the the award, it's almost like he didn't care. So it, it almost yeah, he made was like, believe. It was awkward and fucking corny. Like, he's fucking... <laughs> Just think about, put it in context. He's The Rock. He's one of the most famous men in America. He's fucking got more money than he could ever spend. And the, uh, he's worth probably more than the entire IFBB. And <laughs> yeah, he, it's true. like he's definitely more popular. If you combined every IFBB athlete and every IFBB personality, excluding Arnold, it combined, including Lou Frigno and all those guys, The Rock is more popular than all of them combined, assuming you don't add Arnold. So you no, have, like, right. the IFBB giving this man, the fucking Rock, who has the world by the balls already this little tiny trophy of joe weeder like what do you like like do, do you know what the rock's life is like you think he's gonna be excited by that like he can't even he doesn't he doesn't care about that to a degree that he that is so extreme that he can't even produce fake excitement he doesn't give a shit about that it would be like pulling up it just doesn't even make sense he's a fucking famous actor a famous wwe star uh, he's a he's a multi-millionaire and you're giving them this bullshit award that's no one no one's ever got before so there's no real prestige man of the century this random ass it's like what do you mean like what well, no listen, it was so fucking just, so random and weird no it's not weird you know what it is and again i don't know this for fact but it, it just seems to you know if you can read between the lines so they give him this award and then he's like, oh, yeah, next year the Olympia is going to be on live TV with my production company and this and that. So it, it literally almost sounds like they're giving him an award for basically telling Amazon to go fuck themselves. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's essentially what it is. I mean, because um, I've never heard of it. Literally, they gave him the award, and I'm like, what? Wh- huh? Like, for what? Like, what did what did he ever do for the bodybuilding community? Like, he, he doesn't compete. You know, he's not active in bodybuilding. Yeah, he lives the lifestyle, but fuck, you might as well give one of us the award. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what, what did he do to deserve that for for this industry and Weeder and all of those? It, I, I was so confused. Like, I, I really yeah. don't get it. And then, like, the timing was just awkward. Like, oh yeah, okay, so he gets this award. Oh, and we're gonna have the Olympia on television next year. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, that was convenient. <laughs> like, you know it's uh, there's two it. points there's two points that you two things you went you you kind of glossed over that I want to hit on one is um the Amanda Latona thing 
the reason Amanda Latona is fucking annoying on a commentating thing is because she's not a commentator. She doesn't do that. No. I don't know how she makes her money. I don't know. I mean, she doesn't compete anymore. She's with Steve Kuklo, who makes probably like, who knows what he makes. She's probably making like 80K a year maybe or something. I don't fucking know. But like, I don't know what he, because he's a firefighter, so that's okay money. Then a little bit of, you know, probably somewhere in there. So I don't know what she does, but she's not on radio or production or anything. I don't think. Like, why? Why her? What is the point? Put somebody. I, I I just don't get it. Put fucking Chad Nichols on there. He knows women. Yeah. He knows those women's divisions. Or put a put one of the women on there who maybe has done some sort of media or something. I just don't get the Amanda Latona part. And that was the whole problem. Therein lies the entire problem with the entire production. Now, I'm super grateful that we got to see it live. That I have to get, obviously, it was good quality. It was, for the most part, went off without a hitch. I had to refresh about 28 times, but it was like I missed like half a second each time. So I'm very grateful that we got to see it, that it was clear and all that stuff. That's cool. But the reason that it was so bad and so corny is because it was like a bunch of people who knew nothing about the sport or that just didn't belong where they were. Um, It was like putting a, a uh, point guard at center. It just doesn't work. You can't put Sean Perrine's an editor who rarely speak. He just was terrible at doing that. Terrible. He was absolutely terrible last year and he was more, even worse this year. So he shouldn't be on there. That's the whole problem. Same with uh, Amanda Latona. There's no reason. Like, how do you answer the question? So why Amanda Latona? Because she used to compete. Lots of girls used to compete. You know what I mean? There's no good reason to have her in that spot. All the people in place during that production, it's the uh, Mr. Olympia, for God's sake. All the people in place that have to do with that production or helping with the production should be there for a reason. Like the one that Digital Muscle did was f- like, they're not even comparable. The Digital Muscle one was so much better than this one. I mean, you had Dave and um, Dave and Chad breaking down. the Like those are commentators for the Olympia. Like those guys were perfect. It was great. The interviews afterwards were great. It wasn't corny nonsense, pretending to be stupid and all that stuff. Um, so that that's the whole reason why we need people in there who belong there. And I don't think that that, that um, Amazon had that or cared about that. The other thing you brought up that was interesting is The Rock getting this award, and you said. What has he ever done for the bodybuilding industry? And that is interesting because when you th- when you said that, the first thing I thought was, well, he does motivate people to train and maybe he motivates people to come become bodybuilders. So then that made me think, well, wait a minute. I, I, what I have never heard, this is kind of off topic, but we were talking about The Rock. I have never heard any person say that they got into bodybuilding because they wanted to look like The Rock. Or even into working out. You hear Stallone. You hear... Uh, I've even heard uh, the new James Bond guy. What's his name? 
You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't remember his name though. I've heard him like once or twice. Um, I've obviously you hear Arnold more than anybody, and then you go back and you hear Steve Reeves and stuff like that, and you hear uh, Stallone and Arnold are the two biggest ones. But in in comic book heroes, and some people will say the uh, older wrestlers. Like that was me. Mine was uh mostly Stallone and uh like the Ultimate Warrior and Lex Luger and shit. Those that what back when back when the WWE had Jack guys and there wasn't all this drug bullshit. Now they look like regular beer drinking fucking guys. But um <laughs> back in the day when they were Diesel, when fucking Hulk Hogan was like six six, three hundred pounds with abs, and you had Ultimate Warrior, and even like th- these guys were just um. They were jacked. So that was motivating for me. But I, I have, I'm have i yet to hear. It will probably happen into the future. But if, if you're a young bodybuilder coming up and you're 19 years old, you grew up in the era of The Rock, really. And John Cena and shit being in movies. And they're kind of, the, they're the new Arnold and the new Sylvester Stallone. But you still don't hear about them being... Uh, motivating people and it, it it really shows you how unbelievably motivating and influential Stallone and Arnold were when you have a guy as iconic as The Rock and you never hear anyone say that's why they started training but you hear them say it all the time about Arnold and Stallone it really puts Arnold and Stallone's um, massive influence on the world of fitness in perspective yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely correct. It's I don't know. I respect the Rock. He obviously trains hard. He he eats a lot. <laughs> That's apparent through uh social media. But uh it's it's like you said, you don't hear anybody saying, you know, that they're motivated by him. They want to I mean, you have people who say, "Yeah, I wish I looked like him." But it's not changing their lifestyle. Like they're not going from, you know, 400 pounds and saying oh the rock motivated me to get in shape i mean that i've never heard that but uh i mean yeah i, I get it he's a he's a rip dude he looks like he he works out he he fits the mold uh you know he belongs in in the fitness industry for sure but you know giving him him an award when they really didn't even say what for uh, it was just confusing i didn't understand how that that played into it all and and how this award even came about. Yeah, it's a made up award, basically. It's not even a it's made up and we'll probably never see it again. But um anyways, back to the Olympia and um Kevin Lavrone specifically. I do think I do still believe I, I kinda just said this, but I do believe even the Bodybuilding insiders like Chris, Dave, Chad, Sean Ray, I, I think even a lot of them did not give Kevin his his due respect after that show. Um the overwhelming uh majority of the comments that I heard in regards to his comeback were were kind of like Maybe if he had a year, he would have been more competitive or his legs were down, but, his, but uh, you know, it comes with age. That's why we didn't see him. They, like, th- 
things that were like those, those are what you would those are negative comments, not super negative, but they're negative. Most of the comments are negative, like you think he'll compete again and try to redeem himself, shit like that. And I just don't understand it. Like, how do you? I don't know how you can say anything negative about that fucking comeback. It was unbelievable. Matt and I said the whole way through, I mean, he's not going to be Kevin 95. He's not going to beat Phil. I said that maybe there's a long shot for him to be top eight or so. And I think I was not that far off. I think he finished like 16th out of 19 or something. So well, like they, the last few that they didn't even score, like they all got 16. So you really don't know the placing. Of... But they were all, they were comparable. You, they, they could, I mean, Kevin had the weakest legs, but not by a ton. But he also had the best upper body in those final comparisons. You know, so... I mean, look at him next to Michael Lockett doing the most muscular. Michael Lockett has a fucking nutty most muscular. And Kevin's right with him. There's no... For Kevin, you know the most muscular that fucking Lockett does. It looks like a freak of like from another planet. Right. For Kevin to come back on that stage at 52 and stand next to Michael Lockett's most muscular and look good as good or better than him like man that's unreal that should not be possible but because of all this ridiculous expectation and stuff people are 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 being negative about it and I mean he's getting his respect but I just don't think enough emphasis is being placed on how he actually looked not how he placed not how he compared just how he looked in general the guy was unbelievable I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it, you know? So just wanted to like kind of wrap up the whole Kevin comeback thing with, with that, with just, I just don't think he's getting his just due. I think that people are way too concerned with how far, how, how far he was from Phil and all that bullshit. I mean, he stood side by side with Phil. He wasn't dwarfed. His legs were dwarfed from the front and back, not from the side. Now, I mean, they were outsized but I wouldn't say dwarfed I bet he had a guarantee he had bigger legs than Johnny Jackson guarantee if Johnny Jackson was in that Olympia which Johnny qualifies for Olympia every year he's an Olympia caliber athlete if you got the measuring tape out I guarantee Lavrone's legs were bigger than Johnny's if you got the measuring tape out and if they're not it'd be super close same with Brandon Curry their, their, their legs are probably a half an inch apart you know so even his legs were not that bad. There's, there were probably pro shows this year that Kevin would have won or at least been second or third at. What show did Dallas win? Second and third was um the two guys he battled with at the Olympia. Second and third was, uh what was that, Baltimore or something? Or Chicago? Yeah. I think it was Chicago. Second and third was uh, um, Lockett and um, Curry. They're like realistically, Kevin could have been second at that show at 52. He would have got stomped by Dallas, obviously, but at worst, he would have been fourth at 52 years old. Who does that? It's, it's unbelievable. And in, in four or five or six months after all that time off, it's just, uh, I just thought it was unbelievable. I, I was really in complete and utter shock when he took his shirt off at the press conference and he looked like that. Those shoulders and arms and shit, just unbelievable. And um, I just wanted to make sure I thoroughly gave him his respect before we move on, you know, because I don't feel like the other media outlets are necessarily giving him his just due. 
Well, I think it's funny, too, that everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he didn't look anything like Dexter. Well, Dexter never stopped working out. I mean, you have to look at the entire story of of this comeback. I mean, he wasn't training for the last, you know, 13 years. Dexter has. And Kevin came in and didn't look bad going head-to-head with Dexter. And he's older than Dexter. And, you know, obviously, you know, Dexter is one of the oldest guys left that's actively competing in the IFBB. Let's see how... uh... Let's see how Dexter looks in 2022. Let's 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 uh let's uh pump the brakes on the comparison there because he's fucking six years younger. Six years doesn't mean much if you're talking about 39 and um, 33. You know what I'm saying? But when you're talking about 46, 47, and 52, that's a that's a whole other world. Let's see how big Dexter's legs are in 2022. Which will be a probably... I don't think Dexter will compete after... Dexter will not compete in 2018. And if he does, he's going to get stomped off the stage. Because he um, is is not getting better like people think. I, I saw the guest posing and I thought he was going to be better. He wasn't. I had him like sixth in prejudging. Wide waist, legs are down, no separation. Let's see what he looks like in 2022. Well, I'm, I, can, I'm... I can promise you... Even if he wanted to, he would not be able to look like Kevin at 52. He won't be able to look like Kevin did at 52 years old. Because I honestly don't think Kevin was that far behind him. I mean, he was far behind him. But give, at prejudging, give Dexter another six years of aging. And we'll we'll see who how they compare, you know? I don't think Dexter's even going to last that long, to be honest. I mean, obviously, he needs one more win to to beat out Ronnie. So... Here's my thinking. We have the, uh, what is it, the Arnold Europe this coming weekend on Saturday. It's obviously, you know, Dexter's going to be there, you know, Sean Roden, Rami, um, you know, basically the whole, like, top five. Then you're going to have, like, Bonac there, uh, Winkler, Lenardowitz, McCarver. I mean, it's, it's going to be a decent Arnold. But uh, if he wins, I could see him just walking away from the industry. Get get his title of the most wins, and and just basically say uh, I had a good run. I now you know hold the record for the most wins, and it's been a blast. Adios. I don't I don't think he's going to bring anything spectacular in in 2017. I can't I don't see him coming in and shaking up the industry. I mean his his physique's not getting any better, and and in fact I think it's getting worse. And I mean, obviously, you know, over time that that's going to happen as you age. Right. But uh, the caliber of bodybuilders these days that are that are coming up, it, it's nothing like what Dexter, I think, has ever experienced. And and Father Time is 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 not uh, on anyone's side. So, you know, I think he's going to go out with a win of some sort. If he doesn't get it at the Arnold Europe, I think he'll come back, maybe win one show, two shows max next year. And and walk away. I don't even know if he's going to step on uh, the Olymp- the uh, Olympia stage next year. I, I just um, I don't I don't know if he'll do it. There's two things, two ways I look at this. I hadn't thought about that until you just brought it up, and I I, I agree with you. I think that there is a good chance that he comes in this Arnold and wins. Um, there's pretty much I don't see a scenario where I would agree with him winning. I just think his physique is I don't I I don't. 
I don't like it that much anymore. You know, I I always been a big Dexter fan, but I mean the back double is pretty gnarly. He's cement hard, but like the the side chest is crazy still. Um, but his waist is wider, and his legs are down, and they're 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 uh, they've lacked separation. There's no way his legs are gonna come up at 47, and his waist isn't gonna get smaller at 47. They're both gonna get worse. So I don't think he I don't think it's possible. For him not to get worse. So, but the, the other, the, so I think it is possible that he, he goes out on top at the Arnold and retires. I think that's totally possible. And I bet you he's thinking that and, and kind of, you know, struggling with that in his mind right now. But Dexter's always said over and over again, as long as I'm in the mix and I feel like competing, I'm going to be up there. And he was third. And it's not hard to make a case for him being second. I mean, I don't think he was second. I don't think, I don't think he should ever beat Sean Roden under any circumstance. But um, I had him third or fourth. I think Rami stopped, probably pretty much stomped him at night. Um, and I think they were close at prejudging. So I would probably have, I probably would have flip flopped those two. But uh, and but like he's still in the mix, and he's always said. If I'm healthy and I'm in the mix, I'm going to keep keep competing. I make a bunch of money to train, blah, blah, blah. He's with Ultimate Nutrition. So th- there's one side that, that I could definitely see him retiring. But then there's that other side where he oh, he's always said that he, you know, will continue as long as he's in the mix. That side makes me think he won't uh, retire. And if we see a lackluster lineup at the Ohio Arnold this year. Don't be surprised if he jumps in that, then retires, you know, I think his top three at the Olympia days are probably over. Um, I just don't see it. I don't see, I think he was lucky to get top three this year. I think it's almost impossible to make a case for him beating William Bonac on Friday. I mean, I think William Bonac was clearly the second best physique on Friday. Clearly. I don't think, I mean, blatantly the second best physique on stage. Phil was better just because Phil is Phil. Phil has this like 3D look. You know, he has like different muscle than anyone else. The way it lays, it's it's just so crazy looking. And that back double bicep is like out of this world. Yeah, that and his back lat spread too. His back lat spread and his back double by are like, man, those are dynamite. People say, I know the guys at RX were saying that it was close in the back double between him and Sean. No, 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 no. What? What? How? How? How was it close? I mean, Phil has better condition, better calves, better hams, better glutes, better lower back, better upper back, better delts, better arms. How? How? How is? How is it a close back double? Sean has a better V taper, yes, but Phil has better everything else: forearms, triceps, biceps, delts, traps, uh, lats, rhomboids, erectors, glutes, hamstrings, calves. Everything is better on Phil, and conditioning is better than Sean in the back double. Nobody touches Phil in the back double. The closest person to Phil in the back double was William Bonac, because he was a freak in the back double. I think if William Bonac's three inches taller, he is the Mr. Olympia on Friday, no doubt. Um, 
maybe not no doubt, but he's right there with Phil shot for shot if he's three inches taller. On Saturday, he his midsection was a little washed out and bloated. So I, I kind was. I, I saw him slip. Dexter got better and Rami got better. But uh so I do think that Rami and Dexter kinda had Bonac at, at uh on Saturday, but it was close. Uh, so th- that's why I think those placings could flip flop all over the place. I think Rami, Dexter, and really Sean, Rami, Dexter, Bonac could all flip flop in, in any which order. I really wouldn't have a big issue with it because it just, I guess Sean was a little more consistent, so I'd have him in second. But I could add Dexter third, Bonac third, or Rami third because it was like two different shows from Friday to Saturday. On on Saturday, it was a battle between. I mean, the show was between Phil and Rami on Saturday. Period. You know that was, in my opinion, it was all Phil and Rami on Saturday. Rami was unbelievable, filled up, got tighter, and Phil was still great. Phil, Dexter was better, and I think um, I would have had Dexter in a solid third on Saturday. I would have had it Phil, Rami, Dexter, Roden. Uh, then Bonac on Saturday. On Friday, I would have had it Phil, Bonac, Roden, and then Rami or Dexter uh, fighting for fourth, flip-flopping, I think, fourth. You know, So they were very different shows, in essence. The only real consistency I have is, I mean, I just said I had Bo- I had Bonac in second on Friday and fifth on Saturday. So, like, that goes to show you how different they were, but... Phil was first all the way through, and uh, we we started this by talking about Dexter. And yeah, I just don't see, I don't see him beating Bonac next year. I mean, maybe he would beat him because of his name, but I don't see him being better than Bonac next year. I don't I don't see him beating a lot of people next year. To be honest, I mean Rami, Rami was like a totally different person yeah. compared to anything that we've ever seen from him. I mean, I know Aceto went into this kind of like, I have no idea how to get this guy in shape, but I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with what conditioning Chris got him in. I mean, I've never seen Rami like that. And some people were like, oh, he looks too small. Well, no shit. He's, he's the most conditioned he'd ever been. So obviously he's been dieting extremely hard. Um, and I mean, his whole physique has changed over the last few weeks of prep. I mean, he was doing progress photos, and I was like, wow, he is still huge. Like, I don't know how he's going to dial it in enough right. to, to really make a difference on stage, but they did. I mean, Rami, if he continues to get better, you know, as, as you know, he goes show to show, holy shit. I mean, Rami could literally, if he keeps progressing into, um, you know, next year's Olympia, he could very well give Phil a run for his money. Yeah, and it's also it's also um, important to know. I don't know if this really had a different. You never know. Like these fucking excuses in powerlifting and bodybuilding, the excuses are like the the, the biggest thing. But um, it's uh, what's his name? Aceto said that Rami's like travel schedule and stuff leading right up to the Olympia was super hectic. The massive flight over here from Kuwait. He went to New York for photo shoots. Then I had to fly from New York to Vegas like the day before the show or whatever. And Chris said when he got to Vegas, he was a water buffalo. 
And, you know, they had to bring him down and stuff. So that makes a difference. He's not, he doesn't have that real maturity and stuff yet either. I mean, honestly, if I was in Rami's camp, I'd be like, listen, this off season, I want you to do two sets of squats every other week. And that's it for legs. <laughs> Literally fuck training legs because despite having a jacked upper body with him being, com- when he's completely shredded, his upper body doesn't match his lower body. Right. I would literally have him do all upper body work, mostly arms and delts. Um, probably arm delts and back. His chest is pretty good. Uh, his delts are pretty good too. Pretty much arms and back. I will be just focused on because you're standing next to Phil Heath. You know what I'm like. You don't need your chest is as good as Phil's already. Your legs are better than Phil's already, but your back is not. And your arms definitely are not. It would be all arms and back for an entire fucking offseason. Mature a little bit more. Come in good. And he's the only guy. That's another thing about this Olympia that made it significant to me is Phil. And I think I said this before the show. We're either. I did say this on this show. I said this. It's either. It's going to be one of two things. We're either going to leave this show thinking. Phil snuck by with another one, and it's just a matter of time till someone finally fucking beats this guy. Or we're gonna say, man, Phil might break the record, and I wholeheartedly think it's the latter. I, I right now, I wrote in my in my uh, recap. It's up at uh, IronMagazine.com. It's called uh, 2016 Olympia Review um, from Washboard to Washed Out, and, which is in reference to. Literally, I counted them. One half of all competitors on the biggest physique stage in the whole world had like washed out midsections with no detail, which is fucking retarded. And that's a topic for a whole other show. Like I was saying, Rami is, or, or not Rami, this Phil Heath winning this year and the way he won, and not even so much the way he won, but the way the rest of the field looked, I think it's in the last couple of years until now. It's gone from, there's pretty much no way Phil's going to break eight. But after this year, I, I almost feel like there's a, I, I, like I would be kind of comfortable betting money that he'll win nine. You know what I mean? He, he's at six. He only needs three more. He only needs to win half as many as he's already won to be the all-time winningest Mr. Olympia. And two years ago... Two years ago, the idea of Phil winning nine was a complete joke. It was like, no way this guy's winning nine. He's narrow. His waist is growing. No way. And I would be I would be right on that train. No way. No way. No way. But now after this show, it's like, well, Jesus, he's not. He At this show, he was probably 97%, 98%. He was close, but he wasn't his best. And he won. I guarantee he won with straight ones. And who's going to beat this guy? It's, it's, it has to be Rami. I don't see, um, Sean Roden's like 43 or whatever. And he hasn't improved in several years. Now his best look was, uh, 14, 14 was probably his best look. And he hasn't improved on that. He's gotten bigger, but he's also coming a little bit waterier, waterier or waterier. Is that a word? A little more watery. And, with a little bit of distension. So he's not really improving. And is he really going to improve a lot at like in his mid forties? 
I doubt it. Dexter, in my opinion, is done. Phil Heath or <clears throat> Phil Heath, uh, De- um, Dennis Wolf, in my opinion, is done. We know uh, Kai is done. Obviously, Kai is a whole other topic. We'll get to him in a future show. Um, <laughs> and then who do you have? You have Rami. Rami's the only hope, but Rami is. I think Rami is a little overrated. He is kind of wide waisted. He doesn't have a great waist or midsection. He's got great V. He's like Jay Cutler. He's got the widest waist on stage, but it doesn't matter because he's so wide up top, you know? And then who, I mean, you got what, Ruley? Dallas McCarver is nowhere close. Justin Compton will never beat Phil Heath. Um, there's nobody, I don't see anybody coming up who's going to challenge Phil. The only way we're going to see someone challenge Phil is if Rami improves a lot, which is possible, but I wouldn't say that it's likely. And, or if someone comes out of the woodwork, like Ahmad did in the 212 this year and freaked everybody out, that's really the only, and I mean, three years isn't that long. Three years is nothing. I can't believe how fast this year went by. I mean, who's going to beat him next year for his seventh win? Fucking, you know, maybe Rami. Like, do you think any of those guys, do you think anyone in the Olympia this year has any shot of beating Phil in 2017? No. Me either. Well, I do I do think Rami has a shot, but I think it's a long shot. I would give the odds to, to, to Phil, I would give Phil like 80% to 20% maybe against Rami. At, that's that's being generous to Rami. Probably more like 85-15 uh, on the side of Phil. So, I mean, and that's number seven. So, I mean, if he can hang on two more years, maybe maybe squeak one out where he shouldn't have won, like a la Jay Cutler in, in, in uh, 07 and Dorian Yates in 90, uh, 97, you know, those type of years where the champ, the old hardened champ squeaks one out when maybe he shouldn't have, you know. If if Phil can be dominant for two more years, that's eight. And then nine could be that year where he just squeaks one out because he's the champ, but maybe he should have been like third, like what happened with Jay and those guys. That I, I can totally see Phil Heath being the most winningest Olympia champ of all time. And it's kind of insane, right? That it's insane that Phil Heath, who everyone constantly talks about as the least dominant Olympia ever, the, the the least dominant Olympia champ to have a dynasty. We're not talking about Samir and Chris Dickerson. You know what I mean? We're talking about Arnold, Haney, Dorian, the guys who won a lot, Jay, um, Ronnie, etc. Um, of all those guys, everyone always says that Phil is the least dominant of all of them, but it's at this point it's becoming pretty likely that he beats all their records it's a it's a it's a kind of strange um turn of events i don't know if that means that it means one of two things it either means phil is actually way way better than people think or it means bodybuilding is way worse than it used to be it has to be one or the other for him to win nine titles do you think do you think he will win nine titles? Yes or no? Will he win nine titles? Honestly, I'm I'm gonna say no. Yeah. And and I think it's just because there's so many good bodybuilders out there that are progressing very quickly that 
I don't think I think he might get eight max. Right. But nine, I don't I don't think so. I also if I had to guess, I would also answer that question as a no. He won't win nine. But I do my prediction is eight, just like you. But I would say I would give him like, man, I think it's less likely that he wins nine than it is like than then. I think there's a higher possibility that he doesn't win nine than he does, but I think it's close. Right now, as I sit here after that show, analyzing everything, and from everything I've seen in bodybuilding, I would probably give Phil like a 40% chance to win nine, maybe 35, like a pretty good chance to win nine. Um, Obviously, no one's ever done it, so you can't really say he has a good chance because Unless until it happens, nobody has a good chance of doing something that's never been done. It's kind of a be an oxymoron. By definition, they don't have a good chance, you know. But I, I don't. I just don't see anyone coming up that's going to beat him. It's only Rami. And the thing, the problem with Rami is, if Rami has still hasn't nailed it a hundred percent in the, like the ten shows he's done as a pro now, or whatever it is, eight shows, whatever. And in order for him to beat Phil, he absolutely, positively has to be 100%. You're not going to beat the champ the way he's looking nowadays if you're not 100%. And Rami's never been 100%. So I see Phil absolutely, positively getting 7 and probably 8. And uh, I, I don't be surprised if he gets 9. And uh, I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he gets 10. That he wins 4. What's he going to be in 4 years? 40? Ronnie was winning at 40. Yeah. If he stays healthy, you know, kind yeah. of like Dexter, who knows how many he can get. It's Dep- just tough. I mean, and, and and this year was really weird, too. I mean, obviously, you had the whole um, Kai and Cedric battle going on at the Arnold's, and everyone was kind of like, oh, well, you know, Kai's the only person that can beat Phil. And that very well might be the case, but we'll, we'll never know that because Kai seems to bow out of the Olympia now. And so I don't think we'll ever see a Kai-Phil battle unless Phil competes in a different show other than the Olympia. And I don't see that happening. No but, way. But it 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 kind of worries me where you had somebody like Cedric who was great at the Arnold and he comes in seventh at the Olympia. So, you know, you kind of look at it as who's coming up that could potentially beat Phil? And and honestly, I thought Cedric was one of those guys. I thought he had a great physique. Um, you know, he has that, you know, symmetrical aesthetic type of, of look. And obviously Arnold is a, a big fan of his look. And I'm thinking, you know, hell, he could be, you know, the new guy for the sport. He might bring back that old school look that, you know, everyone kind of wanted to see. But as you looked at the Olympia, it was, again kind of mass freaks and i mean bonac was was insane um you know and i i don't know who who to even say i mean i had high hopes for dallas and and when he came out i was like hey like okay uh he's not gonna place top five you have winkler but he's he's so sporadic in his conditioning this year he nailed it who knows what he's gonna bring next year i mean maybe he's gonna bring the best package ever maybe he's gonna be top three next year who knows but, uh, I mean, it's, it's just odd. I mean, Rami, we, we kind of saw him the best that, that he's ever been. 
but I don't think that's the best Rami that we're ever going to see. Dexter, like we said before, you know, he's on the decline, even though he's steadily top five every show. Roden, Roden's hit or miss. I mean, he has a lot of body parts that, in my opinion, he needs to work on to, to really be a contender, even though he plays second to fill this year. Um, you know, back shots, one of them. So it's tough. Phil could literally run for the next five years. We don't, we don't know, but, uh, I, I don't know. Going into the Olympia, I thought that the sport had great potential, a lot of great up and comers. I mean, obviously we saw Nathan and, and both of us thought that Nathan looked great. Obviously he didn't play very well, but, uh, you know, it leaves me sitting here going shit. Like who's really going to take the sport by the balls and, and be the next man to, to take over and, and dethrone Phil and start a new run. Now I'm just right. kind of like, I, I don't know who that person is. Right. I mean, it's I mean Phil's physique was insane. I don't see anybody beating him with that physique. But No, it's, and it's really not... Uh, it's I, don't, I mean, personally, I liked his physique more in, in 11 and 13, but... In regards to how professional bodybuilding is judged today, this may have been his best ever. You know, it may not have been his most appealing look, but it was probably his best ever. In in regards to how bodybuilding is judged, in regards to how in regards to him being able to beat other guys on the Olympia stage, I think this Phil was probably the best he's been, you know, in those terms. But Dallas McCarver's a guy who's way bigger and wider than him and everything. But, man, I just don't – Dallas is not he, – he would need to be significantly thicker to, to beat Phil. But at the same time, he needs to be leaner. So that's a lot of muscle. So, in other words, if – if if um, Dallas McCarver was hard enough at this show, he would have been way too small to beat Phil, you know, because he wasn't hard enough. And when you usually like look at Rami, when you get to the real conditioning, you look smaller a lot of times, unless you're way off, then you look bigger. But he wasn't way off, so for him to be like shredded and big enough to to beat Phil, that's just a lot of work he has to do. Not to mention, I don't know that he can get much bigger and and keep that that structure. He's kind of has this thing where he's getting a little bit of a ruley effect and Phil's had this too where his waist looks great in poses, but during transitions and when he gets relaxed and shit, Dallas's waist looks pretty like bad. It looks pretty wide. So I'm guarantee there's photos you can find on the on the sites that covered it. RX and MD and shit. You can find like, like when Dallas is walking out, for example, and he hasn't gotten to his front stance yet. He's just strolling out there. His waist looks terrible. No definition in it. He's got weird Ronnie separated abs and shit. He's got like this weird four pack and his waist is wide. When he crunches down on it and gets into his stance, it's nice and tight and streamlined. Looks pretty fucking good actually. But I feel like if he puts on the 15 pounds or whatever he needs to rival Phil and be shredded. I don't know if I think his structure may suffer enough for him not to beat Phil anyways. So 
like again, I, I don't see any, uh, I don't see anyone beating Phil. Like that said, uh, coming to the end of the show, but I I do agree with pretty much every placing. Um, maybe we could go over the two twelve next next week because I agree with those placings too. But I do think Flex Lewis is, I mean. Flex Lewis is awesome. Like he's an awesome guy, and like he's just a, a great guy. But I think he's like one of the most overrated bodybuilders ever. I just don't, I don't see. I like I just feel like everyone has maybe because I don't see him in person. Maybe I need to see him compete in person. But on all the times I've, I just feel like people have blinders on when they look at him. It's I don't I just don't understand it. But I still think he won because I thought the two twelve lineup was pretty weak. It's a bunch of 45-year-old guys that have been doing this for, you know what I mean? They're like Eduardo, David Henry, Jose Raymond. You know, they're all like 45-year-old dudes that are just hanging in there because no one else has come up, you know? Yeah, just and, collecting uh, a check. Right. So none of them are their best anymore. I mean, D- David Henry was his best back when he placed top 10 at the Olympia. He was insane. He should have been higher that year probably. And... uh that's why Flex wins because no one else is really there. I mean, people act about like talk about him placing top six in the open. Like, no, no way, no fucking way he would place top six in the open. William Bonac w- would would beat Flex so badly that it's not even funny. Like I talked about Phil's back double. I mean, what does there's one thing that Flex Lewis has over. Um, William Bonac and it's fucking ass cheek definition. That's it. Bonac's got better shape, better, maybe not better shape, but he's got a smaller waist, better conditioning, way more mass, better arms, better delts, better chest, way better back. He way, has better shape. Way better. Hands down. Way better legs. He's way better in every way. They would be, he would blow flex off the stage and he plays fifth. So there's no, I mean, who plays six? Ruley? Flex Lewis is going to beat Ruley? No. Not even close. Ruley would f- eat that fucker to carb up, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, don't like don't act like he's he's a, this god saying He's not a Lee Priest. He's not a – even Ronnie Rockle in his day would slaughter Flex Lewis. Ronnie Rockle, who plays six at the Olympia, he wouldn't slaughter Flex Lewis. I take that back. But he would absolutely beat Flex Lewis because he's way more complete, way better abs, Harder arms, way better chest, more detail in the back from the waist up. You know, Ronnie Rocco would have beat him at, at his best. So, I mean, he's a great champion, and he, he's an even greater man. But I, I just think, uh, and this is what I said in my article, I just think we're a little too obsessed with Flex Lewis and how good he is because I really don't think he's as good as people are saying. I mean, what would he have beat Dallas McCarver? I mean, come on now. And Dallas McCarver was, what, eighth or something? He would be lucky to place top ten. And if he did place top ten, it would probably be because of his name. So, uh, yeah, Flex Flex has to stay 212. It, it, there's no way he could ever go to the Open <laughs> with the look that he has now. I mean, if you look, Ashkenani, I mean, he kind of gave Flex a run for his money. I thought Ahmad looked great. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, Flex's days might even be numbered. A lot of these, you know, guys, if they can hit their conditioning on on you know any given day, it, it might look better than than what Flex is on stage. Um, I mean, Flex Flex wasn't great on stage. He looked good, without a doubt. But yeah. I don't think he looked great. 
I don't understand the abs. He has no abs. Look at look at the well, the. There's no definition with look with at the, a lot of his physique though. Yeah, it, it's just look at the finals. Look at his stomach. Like, you can't be fucking. You can't be a phenomenal, unbelievable, dominant bodybuilder with no fucking abs. Like they're abs. It's the centerpiece of the whole physique. It's the most sought after muscle on on the male physique. Probably, he doesn't even have them. He only has them when he's making a conscious effort to hit an ab shot. And and plus he was distended. And he doesn't have great V taper. He doesn't have a tiny waist. No no detail in his chest. It, plus his chest is flat. His back is not that wide. I, I mean his lat spread is underwhelming, except for his glutes, which you could drop a penny in and lose it. But yeah, I just don't. I'm not trying to bash on Flex because he's he's just a great guy, and no one ever says anything bad about him and stuff. And I I, I agree with all that. But from a from a physique standpoint, I just don't see him being is is fucking fantastic as everyone says. But that said, I do. I don't have a problem with him winning because I don't think anyone was at their best. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with David Henry winning just because I think his physique is unbelievable and it represents. More of the physique that I like, big and freaky, but with a tight waist and shit. But, but, uh, well, man, we've gone way over an hour already. I was late to get on here anyway, so I don't want to keep you any longer. <laughs> no, let's let's talk about the two twelve next week. Yeah, because yeah, cause... I think there's a lot of stuff. You brought a, go- a good point about David Henry with the big upper body, small waist. If he could bring up his legs, I mean, yep. he, which he is could, impossible. You know, give a lot of people a run for their money, and that goes for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, in the 212. But, yeah, let's definitely talk about that next show because, uh, I mean, we could probably spend a good, you know, 30, 40 minutes just talking about 212. And um, coming up here is the old uh, bodybuilding dry spell that happens through the holidays. And it's very hard to develop radio content during the dry spell. We will soldier through it. We do plan to continue recording once a week every week. Uh, so it's probably going to go a little bit off topic, maybe talk about – um, you know, something sort of related to fitness or nutrition, but not so much uh, bodybuilding contest because there's not going to be any. So we're going to save some Kai talk and stuff. So we definitely have to save some. We have to save some ammunition for that for that uh, dry spell time. But yeah, maybe I'll even do like a little uh, song and dance since since one of our listeners said that I look like uh, hey, a guy there you from go. a boy band. So I'll work on my uh, my vocals a little bit. And, you know, we'll see if we can make that happen. I think I might Google re- retired boy band member and see what comes up. If my picture shows up. Oh, we should sure. have that. I don't know who said that. The dude never has never even come out to say, I want to get him on the show. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you, uh, how do you look like that? That reminds me of a, when a scent or, or like a, or a, a flavor, you know, is like, Blue ice. Like, how can a flavor be? What is blue ice? Is not a flavor. Those that's a color and frozen water. There's no flavor there. Like, how can you make a flavor? Like, that's what I think of when I when I hear. Uh, looks like a ret- like. What is a retired boy? Be- it's like, is there a designated look for a retired boy? It's just a weird. It's a really weird observation to say someone looks like a. Someone once told me that I look like an iguana from the side. A kid I used to, like, used to work for me at what? Vitamin World. He's like, from the side, and the, you kind of look like your profile kind of looks like an iguana. I'm like, huh, no shit. I go, I guess that's not the worst animal to look like. But uh, 
this is one of those weird things. Like, how do you how do you look like a retired boy? Like, what does that look like? <laughs> but uh, anyways, check out ironmagazine.com. That's where this uh, radio show goes up. Both our articles are up there all the time. Always new, fresh content. Check out International Iron Radio with myself and bodybuilding legend from Australia, Lee Priest. We have a show on there uh, every other week. And, um, of course, check out ironmaglabs.com, which is the backbone of this show and all the Iron Mag shows and content at ironmaglabs.com and ironmagresearch.com. Both of those sites, you can use coupon code JEFF15 for 15% off at checkout. That's G-E-O-F-F-1-5, ironmagresearch.com or ironmaglabs.com. 15% off at both those sites at checkout. And um, that's all I got. It was a great weekend. Uh, it, was, it was fun to watch. Um, I don't think it'll be one that'll go down the annals of history as one of the greatest Olympias ever. But um, hopefully we're still doing central bodybuilding when we roll up on one of those uh, epic Olympias. Yeah, I, I hope so. Me too. Me too, definitely. Well, hey, and, before uh, we go, everybody out there, don't forget the Arnold Europe is this weekend. It's on Saturday. DigitalMuscle.com actually stepped up. They're going to do the the live webcast, and obviously it's going to be presented by Iron Mag Lab. So you know, make sure that you go over there, check out their site, buy some of their products. But big props. I'm I'm excited. You know, it's another live webcast that that we can watch. And being that it's you know an Arnold Classic, it should be another good one. Obviously, Dexter, Sean, Rami, uh, Bonac will be there. Winkler, Lenardowitz, McCarver. Uh, so it, it should I'm be excited. a good lineup. So if if uh, you want to watch it, it's going to happen actually Saturday morning because it's going to be in Barcelona. So it's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to catch that show uh, or or that uh, you know contest, make sure that you check in. It's going to be digitalmuscle.com, and it's 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time. And um, last thing that's what I'm going to end it with, um, you, you mentioned it's brought to you by Iron Mag Labs. And, you know, this is no bullshit. Obviously, I work for Iron Mag Labs, so I'm going to tell you to buy the products. But Iron Mag Labs right now is probably the biggest supporter of bodybuilding media. I mean, it has to be, right? I mean, we support RX Muscle. We support MD. We support Digital Muscle. We're like the uh, – this, this company is – the biggest supporter of bodybuilding media. So anybody out there who's into bodybuilding and likes the media and likes the coverage, the overwhelming majority of it is sponsored by Iron Mag Labs. Without Iron Mag Labs, I don't even want to know what the media would be like. So if you are kind of undecided on where to buy your subs and you don't really have any place that you're loyal to, go to Iron Mag Labs because at least you know that they have good products but not only that, at least you know you're helping the actual industry by buying from Iron Mag Labs. These other shithole companies, they, they aren't, they're not all shitty companies, but a lot of them aren't doing anything to give back. They're not helping you watch uh, webcasts. They're not helping you um, listen to radio shows like this or Dave's or Digital Muscle with uh, PBW supported by Iron Mag now. We're, we're, Iron Mag supporting the whole fucking thing. So... If you're unsure on where to buy your supplements, go over to Iron Mag and pick them up or Iron Mag Research because at least then you know you're helping bodybuilding continue to be put out there in high-quality content. Um, 
I think that's really important. So I'll leave it with that. I'm Jeff Roberts for Matt White of Central Bodybuilding, brought to you by Iron Mag Labs, available at ironmagazine.com and on iTunes. And we are out.